Alrighty, well, Joe Rogue Sports Podcast 3 is about to start here. Some quick points. I might be having a name change, not sure yet. We're getting the new equipment coming in, so you should be able to hear my uh, voice better, should be more clear. And also, I want to say any listeners out there, make sure you comment on videos if you like them, uh, if you want to talk about other sports. If you want to be brought up any questions, I'll answer them. I'll talk about them for a bit, and I'll include you in the podcast, hopefully. So this podcast here is going to be a NBA draft review. I know the NBA draft was on Thursday, but this is my uh, first time to talk about it here. And I'll, I'll, it'll be kind of quick, just a few points I'm going to go through. I'm going to go through the winners of the draft, the losers of the draft, the studs of the draft, the duds of the draft, the sleepers in the second round, and then we'll talk about the Jimmy Butler trade quick. And I'll kind of do a quick review of the draft, what I thought about it. So to start off the draft, we'll talk about who I thought were the winners of the draft. I think there's some very key winners in this draft. There's Overall, there's a lot of winners, I think. But the ones, I think these three stood out the most to me. And number one is the Ball family, the Big Baller brand, and Lonzo Ball in general. For a while, there was rumors that Lakers weren't interested in Ball. They had other targets and that they might go elsewhere. And then there was also rumors that the Lakers were in love with him. So going in the draft night, it wasn't until about a few days before it kind of looked like that the Lakers were for sure taking Lonzo Ball. And it kind of was a dream scenario for him, which which I'm a big Lonzo Ball guy. I'm a big, not necessarily a big baller, but I'm a big Lonzo Ball fan. I'll even talk about him later, more about why I am and such, but it was kind of his ideal scenario to play for the Lakers. It's like playing for the hometown team. Uh, if I were to go in the NBA, I would want to play for my hometown team. And I would want to be close to my family, which is the same for him. A lot of people bring up how De'Aaron Fox kind of beat him up in the uh, NCAA tournament game. But many people don't know the night before, uh, Lonzo Ball's mom had a stroke and she lost her ability to speak, if I'm correct. And that kind of takes a toll on you. And you want to be closer. It's kind of similar to the Jabari Parker situation a few, year, few years ago in his draft. He wanted to stay. Rumors were he tanked his draft with Cleveland, his workout so that he could get picked second to Milwaukee because he wanted to be close to his dad who had health issues and who lived in Chicago. And I mean, a lot of guys, they're, they're willing to move on and go different different places, but there's also a few that like to stay close to their family. It makes them the most successful. I mean, Lonzo's has done well beating near his family. It looks like he's close with everyone in there. So I think being staying close is going to benefit him, and playing for his dream team will do even more. I mean, I'd, I'm not saying... You'll be motivated less, but playing for the Lakers, if that's your dream team, you're going to really want to do well. You're not going to want to. If I play for my hometown team, I'm not going to want to disappoint all my family and friends that I know. And, like, I want to prove to them that I'd earn the spot and that I'm not going to be a bust, you know. So I think, first of all, Alonzo Ball's a winner being drafted by the Lakers. Secondly, LeVar Ball's a winner because he called this. He had this all planned. This was his dream scenario. And it kind of makes him look like a psychic at times. And just, I mean, he would look like a fool if he'd have been wrong with what he did here, with their game plan going into the draft, with everything that was planned out. And he ended up getting his way with what he wanted. Lonzo performed well enough that he was the second overall pick. The Lakers performed bad enough that they were picking number two. So it just worked out for him. It worked out for everyone in the equation. And, I mean, the big ball ran. This is what they needed, too. He released a new shoe. He has a hat. It just helps the brand, too. I mean, like I said, if LeVar, if LeVar would look like a fool, 
then Lonzo would look like a fool, and the big baller brand would look like a fool. But it just is a win-win, and the Lakers get a guy who they think can come in and perform. I mean, they're confident enough that they traded D'Angelo Russell, which I've talked about in the past podcast. So, I mean, Lonzo's here. He's he's ready to perform, and I think it's a winner for, for the whole ball family. My second winner of the draft is the Sacramento Kings. For a team that's struggled in the past, I really like their draft. I like what they did. I'm not necessarily a huge fan of De'Aaron Fox, but I think he's a solid guy. I think he's a better version of Alfred Payton. I think he can he'll lock down people on the defensive side. Offensively, he'll run the offense. He'll make the right decisions. He's not going to be an elite scorer, but I think he's going to be a very good scorer. I think he's going to be a very good player. He's going to be a point guard that can win you games, and I think that that's a pick they need to take. They're high on him, and they took him. And I think you need a point guard to be successful in the league. You need someone that can run that offense and set you up. There's certain teams like, I mean, you look at Westbrook, Harden, Kyrie, Steph. There's guys out there, Chris Paul, who can single-handedly win games at the end. And I mean, like, I like to kind of bring up, I know Utah won the series, but they had no one that could defend Chris Paul on, like, the, on the defensive end. And Chris Paul almost single-handedly won the series for the Clippers. So the fact that the Kings drafted someone who could potentially stop Chris Paul while also not maybe being as effective at Chris, as Chris Paul on the offensive end, but maybe having the same effect to an offense where he can get the offense going and be positive on that side of the ball, I think that that's a good pick for them because he can do he can do both. He, he'll be positives on both ends where I don't think all these point guards are in the draft, and I think a lot of them tend to not be positive on both ends. So you look at George Hill for Utah, for example. Great offensive guard, and he's not a bad defensive guard, but he was he couldn't keep up with Chris Paul in the series, and they had to put Joe Inglis on him a lot. Where Darren Fox, he's not going to be the guy that's going to be having going to have to be put on the the lesser offensive player. He'll take the top point guard each night, and he can cover them for sure with his speed and athleticism. There, uh, then they traded their tenth pick. For 15 and 20, which I, I liked. I mean, they need to get talent. If they if they didn't value a guy at 10 high enough, then why not trade down and take some risk? And they did. They took Justin Jackson, who I'm really high on. I don't think it's a risk, but I think Justin Jackson is going to be a very good player in the league. Not maybe all-star level, but I think he's going to be kind of like a... I'm trying to be... Who I can compare to? Uh, I think all the production level of maybe like an, uh, an Aminu... Guys who, they'll play 30 minutes, they'll get the job done. Not necessarily star players, but they'll go in there and, and, and they'll do what they need to. Maybe not a, not like a, like kind of like an Andre Godal. I think Andre Godal is a good fit. Jackson can do a little bit of everything. And he might score, like an early Andre Godal maybe, where he's going to be able to score. He's going to be a focal point, but he'll do a little bit of everything. I like that pick. He's a, a junior in college, so... The Kings may need some leadership, and I'm not saying he's going to be a leader, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. And he's not going to be kind of a like a mess up like some of those Kings have been in the past and kind of brought negatives to the team. And then with the 20th pick, they took Eric Giles, the uh, center slash power forward of Duke, a guy who was projected possibly top top three this year, maybe the first overall pick before he tore, or before he hurt his ACL. And he didn't get a lot of playing time at Duke, but 
the fact that he got picked at 20, I mean, it's partially because of the ACL. I think taking that risk, although they have a lot of post players, it's it's warranted at that position. I mean, you get a guy who can maybe outperform all those guys you already have, and at 20, it's not like they're picking him at 10. They weren't using a high profile. I mean, 20's a high pick, but you can take that risk when you've already had two first-round picks. So they're not going to rely on him, and if he pans out, he pans out, and they look great, and if not, it's not a big deal because they already got two solid guys in Fox and Jackson. And then their last pick was, I believe it was last, was the Frank Mason guard out of uh, Kansas, point guard. I'll talk about him a little later. But I think he is really going is, is really to step up. They, they locked down their point guard position. I think Mason is ready to play in the NBA right now. He's a solid decision maker. He's a good leader. I don't think he's going to be the scorer he was in college, but I think he's going to be a very good point guard. He was, I'll talk about later, one of my sleepers in the draft. I would have liked many teams to draft him. I think he fits well with a lot of teams. He can come in and play day one, make the right plays, and he's not afraid. And that's what I like about him. He's, he's a gritty player. And him and Fox, I like that combo. That's a really good combo. And, I mean, they, they can pick up another veteran point guard. They kind of showed them the ropes, but they got their point guard position locked down for the next two, three years for sure. So I like their draft. They just they got talent. They got risk, and they got players who can play now. They're not going to win now, but they got guys who can come in and compete right now, and I like that. They're building a solid team, no doubt. My uh, third winner is Jordan Bell and the Warriors. Kind of focus more on the Jordan Bell side. I mean, the Warriors got the guy they wanted, but I think this is exactly where Jordan Bell needed to go. I'm a big fan of him, but don't get me wrong, he's not... You can't play power forward within this league necessarily. That's skipped on I, unless on the right teams. He plays well enough that you can put him at minutes out there on certain teams, but he, he doesn't do enough on the offensive end. He's a great rebounder. Maybe the best rebounder in the draft. He's a good shot blocker. Probably one of the top shot blockers in the draft. But that's really the only things he's super great at. I mean, he's not gonna score twenty points a game. And he's not gonna like be a stretch four or stretch five but what he does do well is he's a super good shot blocker super good uh, rebounder and what teams need those teams that are four shooters and one post guy and the Warriors are exactly that if they miss a shot on offense then which will probably never happen he's gonna rebound it if one of them lets a guy go by them he's gonna block it he fits that team so well He'll be successful there. I don't see a guy with his motor not doing well there. So if he, I mean, after his rookie contract's up, he might make bank somewhere just for the fact that he is in the perfect scheme. I mean, like, he's not going to be able to fit well in a team like like Milwaukee, like, who else? Like the Minnesota or Chicago. He wouldn't do as well there. I mean, where Chicago had the pick. He wouldn't do as well there because they don't have the spacing. He wouldn't be able to do anything on the offensive end. He'd be clogged in the paint. But you look at Warriors, he's, he might get open. Like, you look at JaVale, how, how well JaVale did. He's going to get open shots on the Warriors, which is nice for him. And that's why I think he's a winner. Now, I'll go to losers in the draft. My first one's Jason Tate. Jason Tatum. It's not that I don't think he's not a good player. It's just that in, you look at Jalen Brown, he's not going to get a ton of playing time this rookie year. He's going to be a role player to start, more than likely. And he might be involved in the trade talks, which is going to be kind of an up and down rookie year we'll see if he lasts the whole year on the team but 
he's going to maybe develop a little slower. He won't get the amount of shots that he could have gotten on our team. He's not going to get the awards he possibly could have. But I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just think that for him personally, he's not going to get the same opportunity he would have if he would have been picked two spots higher or two spots lower, for example. So that's why I think he's a loser. He's going to be on a winning team, which is nice for a top three pick. But I just think that he won't get the opportunity of liked and his growth might be stunted a little bit because of it. Uh, my next loser is the Cavs because you fight your GM. You were rumored to be looking to take some pick or trade up. Maybe not trade up, but like cash in for a second rounder and take Ivan Rab. And you can't get it done because you don't got a GM. While your rival, the team who you're looking to beat, the Warriors, trade into the draft and take the guy who fits them super well. Maybe best fit with them in the draft while you're sitting here at home doing nothing. So I think they're a loser because Warriors got better and they didn't. So uh, having a GM could have been different if they got the other guy, Ivan, Ivan Rab. I, I don't like Rab as much as Bell. I think Bell fits the Warriors better, but at least they were doing something to try and improve the team. So I think they were a loser. My third loser is Malik Monk. I think that he, uh, he fell in the draft. Even he said himself he didn't think he would fall that far. I think the fall is warranted. I'll talk about it a little bit later. But I think he wasn't he, – he can also be a winner. I mean, he's playing for Jordan. The Hornets could be better. It was like a solid fit. But I think that he hurt himself by only focusing on certain aspects of the game, which I think he should, he, he, he might have been so focused on becoming a good college player that he didn't work on his NBA stock, which I think could have been higher. I think him falling to 11 is a loser because there was potential talk of him being picked at three when the Sixers are there and fell all the way to 11. And that's not like a, as great a fall as some guys are, but a lot of people were hyped on him. And for him to go to 11, I, I kind of predicted it if you look in the past podcast. But uh, I think for him, he's a loser for himself because I think he expected to go higher. And I think part, part of it falls on him. It's his own fault, which I'll talk about later. In this show again, as you can see, I've been kind of doing some of the winners and losers. So, in my studs, duds, and sleepers section here, uh, the studs are players who I think are going to be the next stars in this league. Uh, I'm not saying like the ones that I don't pick aren't going to be. These are my three kind of, I don't want to say sleeper studs, but they're guys who aren't like your go to stud. And they're guys who I think will do better than what kind of the expectations are. And my first one is Lonzo Ball. You might say, oh, second overall pick. Like, that's not really a sleeper stud. I don't see what you're getting at here, you know. But I think Lonzo Ball is going to exceed expectations. I'm gonna, I think he's going to become one of the top point guards of the league. I like what he does. I like what he brings to the table. He makes his teammates better. He does a little bit of everything. He passes, rebounds, he can score. He seems so level, level-headed out there, so calm. He makes all the right moves. And he just brings the it factor. And I don't think, I mean, I think he brings the it factor more than anyone else in this draft. There's not many guys who I think bring what he does. Like, the reason why I like Frank Mason is because of that it factor. He just has it. He just has that winning, like, when you when you go to LeBron, you know, like, LeBron has an it factor. I'm not saying ball as good as LeBron. I'm just saying that uh, ball has what it takes to win games. He wants to win. He just has that, like, that I don't know how to describe it. That little, that little part in his brain that tells him how to make the right decision, who's the open guy, and how to win the game late in the game. He's so calm. 
He doesn't look like he gets nervous. He doesn't look like he gets overhyped. He doesn't force. He just makes the right moves. And I think he's going to be a great player. I think he is going to. I think he's going to average 20 plus points per game, 10 plus assists. I think he average close to 5 plus rebounds per game. I think he's going to be a great player. And despite the target his dad put on his back, I think he's going to exceed those expectations and become one of the best in the league at the point guard position. So that's why I picked him for a stud. My second stud is Dennis Smith Jr., point guard from NC State that got drafted by the Mavericks. Now, he was the fourth fourth or fifth point guard taken, depending upon where you value uh, Frank Nidalekina from the Knicks. But I think Dennis Smith could end up maybe even being the second best point guard in the draft, which is funny to say because there's some really good point guards. I mean, you got Fox Fultz up there too. But what Smith brings to the table is, especially with the Mavericks, is he's going to be able to score. And with the Mavericks, a team that doesn't necessarily have a lot of talent right now, he's going to get that shot early to prove himself. And I'm like, I can see him easily being a 20 plus point scorer in the league. He might not necessarily be a great passing point guard distributing, but he's going to be a good scoring point guard. And he brings, like, his, he's so athletic. There's, like, the rumor of him, like, he gained eight inches on his vertical after ACL injury, and he's doing dunks left and right. There's video, you can look at videos all the time, but if you watched him at NC State this year, he can score. He can score at will. He can get to the rim. He's athletic enough, too, and I think he's going to be a good player. I, I really like the draft pick. I He's my sleeper pick for rookie of the year. I think Fultz or Ball or Fox will probably get it, but he's kind of my sleeper pick. And, I mean, he's he's in a right he's in the right position for sure because Dallas, they got Yogi Ferrell. They got J.J. Barrera, Devin Harris, whatever. They got a bunch of small, like, I don't say it's not smaller point guards, but point guards who are more role players. So he should get a shot, and if he performs, he's going to get a lot of minutes. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to score. And I think with having guys with the Mavericks do, they got some shooters, he's going to get chances to get to the hole. And I think he's going to be fun to watch this year. He's my sleeper pick, so watch out for him. My third guy is Jonathan Isaac. I Early in the process, I wasn't a big fan of him, but the more I kind of watched tape of him, the more I kind of looked him up, the more I read about him, I really grew on him. I think... He's versatile. He can maybe stretch it up to a stretch forward. He can play some little small forward. He can guard a lot of positions. But he does a lot of everything. He rebounds really well. He shoots pretty well. I mean, he's he's raw, but he already has some intangibles that are gonna be you can tell will be easily developed. It's not like he's shooting from he's not he's not like a Giannis where Giannis had to redevelop his jump shot and from scratch. Isaac has him there already. He runs the floor well. He handles really well. He passes pretty well for a big. He just does a lot of everything. And I like. I think he could be the next. I, I shouldn't say. I don't, I don't think he can be the next someone. But I think he's going to be the next uh, player in the league who can. Not like a Giannis, but someone who can do a little bit of everything for the team. He's going to be up there in the stat categories for points, rebounds, assists. Uh, he can probably get up there in blocks. And he's he just going to do a little bit of everything. And I like the... Again, the thing with the Magic, the Magic are a team that's kind of all over the place with the players. So if he steps up and performs early, he's going to get a lot of playing time. The Magic have talent, but they talent is yet to develop. So if he can develop faster, he's going to get the playing time. He's going to be put in different positions. And I think he can turn into a, a really good player in the league. So if I had to pick, I mean, I think Isaac Ball and Smith are going to be the next the next kind of superstars that many people didn't think would 
would uh would be as good as like the folds, for example. Uh, my my kind of my other stud that isn't necessarily a lottery pick is Josh Hart. I think he's going to be a a very good player in the league. He might not be the twenty point scorer, but I could see him being kind of like a Brogdon. And if he was drafted last year, I think he'd be in the rookie of the year discussion. But he's drafted in the draft class, which I think is a lot more talented than the last one. But I can see Hart being like a Brogdon who averages like 15 points per game. Uh, you know, does his fifth. Does well in defense. Does all everything. Helps your team win. And the Lakers are going to need those people too this year. Unless they sign a few free agents. But I think they're going to try to save some cap. So I, I like the fit. I like everything he does. And I think he's kind of my sleeper. My, my other sleeper stud. I'm moving on to duds. My first one is Luke Kennard. Uh, why is he a dud, you may ask? Uh, I just... I don't think he's going to be a scorer that he was in college. He's going to be more of a role player. He might take him time, like similar to like a J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver, to develop into the actual shooters they are now and the actual effect they have on the game. I just, I think there's better players on the board for the Pistons to take. And I can see why they took him. Stan Van Gundy loves shooter. Kennard's a shooter. But he also has poor decision-making at times. And if you watch the draft, they keep highlight it. There's times where he makes... They're wrong moves, and I mean, like, he was good enough where it didn't matter. The NBA is a different game. The guys are faster. They make better decisions. You're going to have to make the right moves if you want to be successful, and I don't necessarily think he can do that. But he could prove me wrong. I mean, he's, he's got a shot. He could become a solid player with a year. He's, he could score some. I just don't think he's going to be the same type of player he was in college, and I think that unless he changes his role, he's gonna take. it's going to take him a while to be successful. But if he comes into day one thinking, you know, I can be a solid role player for this team, I don't got to be a lights-out shooter, lights-out scorer right now. I think he, he can be successful, but I think he's going to go in there trying to be the go-to guy. I'm not saying he's, like, he's going to want the ball. I think he's going to have the mentality that he's going to be the same scorer someday. Maybe he was in college. But I don't think that's going to be him. My other dud uh, is Monk. I talked about him earlier. I don't think he's going to get a ton of playing time. Well, I, I shouldn't say a ton. I don't think he's going to be... I compare him to a Lou Williams, where he he's going to be a good scorer. I don't think he's going to necessarily be a 20-plus point scorer. I think he's going to be a good scorer. He's going to score in volume. Uh, he might not be high efficiency. He's a good shooter, but he's small. I don't think he's going to be able to guard a lot of shooting guards. He's going to have to guard a lot of point guards. And as I talked about, I think he could have changed his game. If he would have worked on his handling a little more and been a combo guard, I think he could have been picked higher. But he's someone who's going to have to guard a point guard and can't necessarily play point guard on your offense yet. So it's something he's going to have to work with. But his shooting's there. He'll still probably be a scorer. So he's, he's going to get playing time. He's going to help the team win. But I think his ceiling right now is a Lou Williams. And I think his, I mean, I, I think his, his floor is like Jordan Clarkson right now. If he can get better better handles. But it, it, if I'll give him credit. If he works on his handling and becomes... Can play a little combo guard. He's gonna get a lot more playing time. He's gonna get better look, I think, too. But he needs to work on certain aspects of his game that he didn't really focus on in college. So we'll see. I think that's why he fell. He fell because he he might be a liability liability on defense, whereas he they 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 kind of focus on that more in or they focus less on that in college as they do in the NBA. Because in the NBA, you're guarding a lot of good players. In college, you're not necessarily guarding as many good players. There's a few guys who you can kind of... A Harrison Barnes, in a, like that, like from the Warriors. There's a few of those guys in college. 
where you can just put your best player, best scoring option on him and just let him let, or be lazy in defense where you can focus all scoring on offense. You can't do that in the NBA as much. My third dud is Terrence Ferguson. I like the potential of him. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't like the path he took. And, I don't know, there, he just seemed like... The tapes, I mean, the tape looks good. I just think that he he doesn't project to me like he's going to be a outstanding player. I don't think he's going to be a very good 3 and D player. I think he's going to be... I think he's going to be an average three and D player. I think at best in his career, he's going to be a role player. I don't think he'll ever be a starter. It looks like he might be their emergency replacement for Andre Roberson if he leaves Oklahoma City. And I don't think he's going to be as good as Roberson on the defensive end. And I don't think he's going to be like a lights out shooter by any means. He'll get some playing time. He, he's a solid player. I just don't think he. A lot of people tend to get hyped on him. And there's a reason he was picked where he was. I mean, some people make it seem like he's got unlimited, unlimited potential. Kind of compare him to the Frank Needle Aquino. There's a reason each one of them was picked where they were, and I don't think he's going to be quite as good as some people thought. I think he's going to be just a role player at best. And my uh, sleeper dud, Markel Fultz. I think he's, I think he's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think he's going to be the transcendental player that many people projected him to be. I uh, I think he can be. Uh, he's going to kind of tape around 20 points per game his career, maybe. Seven assists, eight assists, and five rebounds. Uh, I mean, like I, I like to fit the Seventy Sixers. I I'm not saying he's a bad player. I just think that he's kind of kind of overhyped. He's not as good as what he is. So, Dud may be a bad term to use, but I put him in there because I think he's one of the more overhyped ones, and he's not gonna be as good as what people think. I don't think he. I don't think he's gonna be as good as what other number ones were, and I I think Ball might be the better player, in the long run. So we'll see. Uh, as for my sleepers, I got three of them. I'll start with Frank Mason, who I talked about earlier. I think he's an if factor. I think he'll fit that team well. I think he can come in and play now, and the Kings need that. And I think he's got a situation where he can play now and prove himself, and cement himself as a in cement his role in the league where he can play, and he'll be at least a solid situational point guard. He can come in and won't lose you game. He'll make the right plays. He'll run the offense. He'll set up everyone else. He can score if needed. And I like that about him, and I think that that's why he's a sleeper. I think he'll have a have a 15-year career. A lot of second-rounders don't even play. So I think the fact that if someone reaches 10 years as a second-rounder, that's a sleeper, and that was a good pick. A lot of second-rounders, too, they'll have a good rookie year, and they'll be out after two or three years. So I think these sleeper picks are guys who will stick around the league for a few years and help contend. The next one is Alec Peters from Phoenix. He was uh, picked out of Valpo from the Horizon League. He's... He was a really good scorer in college and a really good rebounder. He scored a lot. I don't think he's going to have that same role in the NBA. He took advantage of the weaker competition in the Horizon League Conference. And I don't think that competition is anywhere close to what's in the NBA. Now, is that going to say he's like, oh, why is he a sleeper then? Well, I like him as being a role player, kind of like Frank Mason. He's a good shooter, and he does get after it on the boards. He's a guy who's going to, he's going to hustle. So despite being slow-footed and coming off injuries, I think that he'll he'll get playing time in Phoenix, and he'll help the team. They they need players who can shoot. They need players who can score because they're still not a very good team. And I like that Peters can do that. He can come in. He like you look at like a guy like John Lewis. I kind of seem like a John Lewis type guy, a guy who's gonna provide offense and kind of fight on the boards every now and then, 
Uh, he, he's, I won't say, he's not like a Mirza. He's not like a, uh, maybe kind of like Ryan Anderson, if I could see, because Anderson would get at, would, he used to get after it on the boards more, and I think Peters can do that. I don't think he's necessarily as good as Anderson, but I like Peters. I think he's a good player in the league, and I think he'll fit well. My third one is Dylan Brooks, uh, who got tra uh, traded to Memphis. And he's out of Oregon, and the thing I like is, there's a, I look at every team, and there are a few players who fit well. And uh, Dylan Brooks is one of the guys who I thought really fit Memphis. He fit a few teams well, and I like because he's versatile. He can play like the 2-4 through four on uh, the offensive end and defensive end at times, and he provides a good jump shot. He can shoot three. He, he likes to shoot. And he can handle the ball pretty well. He can get to the hole at times. And he's, he's just versatile. And that's what you want on second round picks. You want guys who can come in and, and fill in for injuries. They can provide a spark. They can do different things. They can help out your team. And Memphis needs shooters. They have for a while now. They still do. And they might be losing two power forwards this year. And they might be losing uh, two shooting guards. So Brooks can come in and possibly fill in those that they lose in the grand free agency. They lose Vince Carter, Tony Allen, Zach Randolph, and Jermichael Green. There's going to be minutes that need to be picked up, and Brooks can possibly do that. I don't think he's going to be like – I think he's best at a wing position. I don't want – like, he, he can play small ball four. He can guard uh, Andre Godala. He can be that similar role. But I don't see him being a full-time power forward. But he's going to bring offense to the Grizzlies, and they need that at times. There's times where their offense really struggles to hit shots, and – Brooks is good at forcing shots and making bad shots, and they might need to do that on this uh, Grizzlies team. So I like that pick. I think he's going to come in there and perform, and he'll play for a while for them. Now, the last point of this, uh, I'm going to get as a Jimmy Butler trade of my thoughts. I, at first, I didn't like it for the Timberwolves when I thought it was just Don Levine and the seventh pick. I thought they could have lowballed the Bulls on Butler because. They weren't getting much. It seemed like the Bulls weren't getting many offers. But then I found out they got the 16th pick to it. Like, wow. I mean, I think the Bulls underpaid. You essentially traded Chris Dunn and Zach Levine for Jimmy Butler. And Levine's coming off an ACL injury. And Butler's a top 15 player in the league. Uh, yeah, so I'm. I, I think the Bulls needed to do a trade like this. You get a guy like Levine who's at least proven. He's coming off an injury, so that kind of hurts. I don't like their pick at seven. Uh, I think Mark Caden is a good. He's going to be a good player, and he could be a top 10 pick, but I don't think he fits on a team that's rebuilding. Like I, I think he would fit good with the Wolves if they were picking there. They need to stretch forward, but they're kind of on the rise. I don't like him being on the Bulls where they're rebuilding, and he might not be able to get the, get the spacing he needs to become a good shooter. So we'll see. Uh, Chris Dunn was a bust the year before, and you trade for him like he's still a top 10 pick. I don't know. It's, it's just an... Kind of ugly trade from the Bulls standpoint. It, it kind of makes you wonder too, like what were the Celtics offering, what were the Cavs offering, because this doesn't look like it's that hard of a deal to beat. So we'll see. I, I'm I think the Bulls are good for they're finally going in a direction, and they need to do that. I think it would be fun too if they buy out Wade, another free agent, and kind of change change the game a little. So we'll see. But uh, I don't know. I just not a huge fan of the trade. The Bulls got, or not the Bulls, the Wolves took Justin Patton with the 16th pick. I kind of like that move too. So they made good moves, and the Bulls are kind of questionable. Uh, we'll see. We'll let it play out. Dunn could end up doing well for the Bulls. 
But being if he gets off his ACL injury, he's still going to be a good player. He won't be far off Butler. I mean, he's not going to be top 15 player, but he'll he'll be a good player. And Mark Cannon is, uh, I mean, it's shot in the dark. I don't know what you're going to get with him. Are you going to get the next Dirk? Or are you going to get like a Mirza? You know, just the guy who's just, just a good shooter and that's it. And I'm not even saying Mirza Toledovich is a good shooter. Are you going to get a guy like John Luer, a guy like Ryan Anderson? Are you going to get a white shooting big, or are you going to get more than that? So we'll see. But, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a weird draft. Not a, not a ton of major news. There's a few trades, good trades. I like what the Jazz did at times. They, they traded up, got some good players to contend. Makes the team good if they uh, they can re-sign Hayward. Uh, the Hornets did well by getting Howard and Monk. I, I mean, I said Monk was a dud, but I think he's a good role player at, at the very least. And the team can start contending again. And there's there's a few sleeper picks there. Though. I mean, I talked about too, but there's a few guys that I want to see how they do in their respective teams. I mean, I want to see how Derek White is used at San Antonio, how Caleb Swanigan is used in Portland when they already took Zach Collins. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it'll be fun. And I want to see how Frank Nidalekina does in New York. Uh, it was interesting. My one, my. Most interesting news was the Josh Jackson canceling a fight or canceling his workout when Ainge and Stevens were midway across the country on a flight to come see it. That was a bold move. And if it was just to try to get them to not pick you, that was really bold. That's kind of a that's a dig move to get someone to not pick you. There's other ways you can say, I don't want to play for you. Uh, don't pick me. Or instead you can be Josh Jackson and make them schedule a flight get on it, go halfway across the country, and then say, mm, never mind, sorry, I'm canceling. So we'll see. And there's there's a lot of guys who I'm kind of, kind of, I want to see how Jonah Boldman, Frank Jackson does. There's a lot of guys who, OG, a, a newbie, a nunby or whatever, I want to see how some of these guys do who, who don't necessarily have the tools right now, but they got the tools, they got the potential in the long run. I want to see if they actually turn out, because there's a lot of guys who get picked each year. Who do not turn out, so we'll see. I'm I'm excited, and I think it'll be a a fun season. I'm excited for next year's draft. I'm excited for free agency. I'll probably do a podcast before free agency, and uh, kind of get my predictions for some of those main guys and sleeper sleeper free agents who I think could be good. But we'll see. Uh, as for this podcast, if you like it, give it a like, comment some things you want to talk about for the next NBA free agency, upcoming sports news. This isn't just an NBA pod. You know, I've talked about it a lot. It's just been a lot of news in the NBA recently, so that's why we've been talking about that a lot. Uh, like I said, might be a slight name change. I want to keep Joe in it for personal reasons. If you got any ideas, let me know. Uh, we're looking for maybe logo rebrand. Just with when I start getting that new equipment, I kind of want to really focus on this. So right now, it's just kind of getting base viewers, but we'll see uh, if how how that goes. But like I said. Leave a like, leave a comment. Hope you had fun, and uh, hope you enjoyed. Thank you.